Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get going, I want to take a moment to tell you about some exciting news for high school sports fans across the country. SB Live Sports has launched a free iPhone and Android app featuring the latest high school sports news, scores, videos, polls, photos, podcasts, player rankings, and much more. With the SB Live Sports app, it is now even easier to follow your favorite team. With real-time scores and news alerts, as well as video highlights, podcasts, photo galleries, rankings, game coverage, and much more, the app delivers all the content you want in one convenient place. The SB Live Sports app features exclusive content from on-the-ground reporters across the country, and it's the number one source for Washington high school sports fans. With coverage from reporters Todd Mellis and Andy Bueller, me, Dan Dickow, SB Live's recruiting expert, this SB Live Sports app is available at no charge in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Download it today. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. It was neat to see you play, and it's fun to talk to you all these years later because you played with a lot of joy and you played with passion. And I've seen Dan Dicko hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. Well, you know, I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school trying to mimic all your moves. I think there were a lot of kids who looked at Dan Dickow and said, Dan Dickow can play at this level, I can play at this level. Continuing on with our March Madness Rewind series for the ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow, and SB Live Sports, where we bring conversations that we held in the past back to the forefront during the NCAA tournament with current college coaches, current maybe players, or past legends of the college game. Today's re-release, a special one for me, college teammate, college roommate, current assistant coach at the University of North Carolina Greensboro where the Spartans finished the season at 21 and 8, were first in the Southern Conference, won the Southern Conference tournament, played some really good basketball down the stretch. They are poised as a 13 seed to take on Florida State on Saturday, March 20th, in the NCAA tournament. My good friend, Kyle Bankhead. We talk about his time as a player at Gonzaga, his transition to coaching, uh, his growth and learning curve as a coach, both while spending some time around the Gonzaga program as a head coach at a really good high school prep school in the Midwest, Sunrise Christian in Kansas, and now his time on the bench alongside Wes Miller at UNC Greensboro. Without further ado, Kyle Bankhead. Dan Dickow, Scorebook Live, Washington Today podcast. The quarantine series continues, this time with a, a special guest. I know I say a lot of times it's a special guest, but this one is more special than some of the other guests, in my opinion, simply because he was a college roommate. Uh, college teammate of mine. He is 
a, a great example for a lot of uh, current high school kids who want into, to want to get into coaching down the road of, of learning at each step that they're at in their career uh, of how to get their, to their long, long range goal. If that's to be a coach, uh, none other than Walla Walla's finest. Sorry, Drew Bledsoe, Kyle Bankhead. Kyle, how you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. It's good to see you. It's good Absolutely. To talk. Yeah, for sure. So, Take me back really quick. Um, as a young player in Walla Walla, you guys win the 1999 uh, Washington State High School Tournament. Walla Walla is good basketball, but it's not a, a basketball hotbed like a Seattle uh, or a Tacoma. What did that mean to you in the high school community to win the state tournament uh, back in 99? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously it was to this day, uh, people would be surprised, but to this day, it's been the greatest basketball achievement of my life um, and for multiple reasons obviously Walla Walla is a small town um, it's had good athletes through the years um, but it's it's one of those things where you're not recruiting athletes there's people not moving to your area that are um, high level athletes uh, for whatever reason so it, a lot of the talent in Walla Walla comes in waves so it's, it's you might end up with a good group um, every five years or whatever it might be but I was really fortunate. We had, I think, eight or nine seniors on my state championship team. We had all grown up together um, through middle school, elementary school. Like we had one, we had one kid that was a really key player of that team that, that moved to Walla Walla. Uh, we were very fortunate that John DeWolf was a heck of a player. He moved in the area, but uh, from the standpoint of just being a good group of guys and growing up together, and all all of us really just caring about winning. It was a great accomplishment for our school, our, my high school coach, uh, the assistant coaches, all of us uh, to do that, and especially with nine seniors. Um, to this day, my, my favorite basketball achievement. And uh, crazy enough, we're all stuck at home right now. I actually threw it in the other day and watched it and texted all my, all my buddies that I played with. So it's good memories, the best memories, and uh, it's – I don't know. There's something good to look back on. That That's awesome. Yeah, I might have to pull out some of my high school videos and, and show my boys uh, during these next couple of weeks. But we'll touch on, on your path to becoming a college uh, coach later on. But you've got a lot of experience in that world. Now, you came from a smaller town in Walla Walla. What would your advice be for uh, a kid currently from a small school that might be good enough to play at the next level, whether it's Division One or NAI? how to go about navigating the recruiting process uh, when it's, there's so much uncertainty right now? It, it's hard, um, especially right now. It's extremely hard. Um, you'd be amazed how many emails we get from high school coaches, AAU coaches, scouting guys, um, recruiting services, just different stuff trying to promote these kids. And right now, I'm not going to lie, it's extremely difficult. There's a lot of kids that are looking for opportunities that are not going to get seen. Uh, our, our recruiting band just got pushed through the end of May and it may get extended longer. So um, I think this year there's going to be a lot of kids that slip through the cracks and there's going to be a lot of kids that don't are unable to take recruiting visits, go and see schools, meet with staffs. Um, it, it's a really difficult time. Now under the, under a normal year, um, I think there's so many scouting services now that if, if you are, talented enough you're going to be seen and you're going to be known uh and your name will get out 
Um, so I always tell kids and I always tell families, you got to control what you can control. Like if, if as a college coach, you get, you know, we, we can get up to 50 emails a day with random kids emailing us to where it's, it's impossible to go through all of them. So control what you can control. Uh, if you can get on a AAU team that allows you to be seen in the July events, the April events, uh, I always recommend that. Um, just to, it gives you a chance to get seen, but be as good as you can be work on your game, you know, be a good teammate. Like if you get a chance to go to tournaments with AAU teams, do that. Um, if you can do camps on college campuses, not a bad idea to do that, but just to have random emails sent out to everybody, it makes it really hard to get seen and noticed. Um, but unfortunately in this day and age with the, with the virus going around, it's the only way for a lot of these kids to, to do anything, get seen. Um, so I don't have a whole lot of recommendations right now. I think we're all still navigating this. Um, but all, all I can say is control what you can control, become the best player you can possibly be, and, and you'll get noticed. There's so many scouting guys out there at this point that hopefully they'll be able to plug you in with the right level of school. Yeah, I think that's that's really good advice. I've always been – of the mind that if you're good enough to play, they're going to find you. Um, there's going to be an AAU team that asks you to join uh, what they're doing. Uh, if you've got a good relationship with a high school coach, um, most are, are going to be willing to help uh, find an opportunity for you at the next level. Uh, and college coaches, they're smart enough to recognize and realize when they watch film and if the kid can play at that level that they're coaching at. Uh, you had the opportunity to play at Gonzaga. Uh, you were a part of some really good teams. When you got to Gonzaga, um, did you always have coaching kind of in the, in the back of your mind that that's what you wanted to do and you kind of went to Gonzaga to have a great playing career and learn whatever you could to uh, set yourself up to coach or how was your college experience? Uh, well, obviously I was really fortunate to play at Gonzaga. Obviously you got to play with great players like yourself and, and learn a lot as a, as a player and, I think when I was younger, um, like a lot of the young players today, I might, my goal was just to think about professional basketball, you know, in some capacity. Obviously, I had no chance of playing in the NBA, but I wanted to further my career along as much as possible. And that's what I thought about really through my playing career. So through Gonzaga, I knew I was probably going to get into coaching, but I never really thought about like, well, I'm going to go up into coaches' offices and see how they operate on a day-to-day -day basis. I was thinking about playing it. Uh, playing basketball at the highest level I possibly could. So I really didn't – I knew I wanted to coach, but I wasn't taking the steps as a player to learn how coaches operated at that level. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. So probably during those times I thought to myself that I probably knew everything, you know, to that point. I could probably do what they're doing, well, which obviously now that I've been doing this as long as I have been, I know that was not the case. So – uh, so right, I, I tried to play professionally. I lasted four months. Um, I came back and took basically a half a year off, and then I knew it was time to to try and get into coaching. And, and obviously, did a couple of years at Gonzaga, basically as a volunteer. Um, what a lot of people have as grad assistants now in their programs, but I was just volunteering, being around, and then got the opportunity to go to San Diego with Bill Greer when he got the head coaching job there as an assistant. And, uh, kind of learn your way there and it's it's much different profession than a lot of people think that you know and you know this but a lot of people in the general public think you just go to practice each day and then you go home and, and that's kind of your day and wow you have the best job on the planet but 
Uh, we work long hours. We watch a ton of film. We got to recruit, um, which is a demanding part of the job. Um, scheduling games is a demanding part of the job. Um, and then obviously coaching is such a small part of what we do in a lot of aspects. I mean, we, we spend 10% of our time actually coaching basketball. So um, a lot of prep work. Um, you got to monitor kids' academics, um, just all sorts of stuff. Uh, there, there's there's camps. It's just you you got to you got to wear a lot of hats if you're going to be in college basketball. Especially um, you know, obviously, I think we're a tremendous mid-major program right now, um, and I think we're making strides to get on the national stage. But um, at, at the mid-major level, a lot of times you got to wear more hats. You know, when you get to a BCS school, there's so many so many people around, so many people helping that a lot of the assistants can just focus on recruiting and coaching. Um, but I think being at this level and being at the places I've been, I've had to wear so many hats that I think I can handle anything that's thrown at me at this point. Um, at least being able to navigate situations, navigating how to recruit different levels, um, different types of coaching, um, and different type of personalities that you got to deal with. So I've learned along the way. We're, we're always going to continue learning. Uh, but from going back to your question, I, I really – I knew I was going to be a coach, but I don't think I took, like, the, the correct steps as a player to really understand what was going on up in coaches' offices and how things worked um, and didn't really learn that probably until I started the my volunteer work there and then really got into it when I became an assistant at San Diego. And I got, had to get my feet wet recruiting learning how to do it, do with that stuff. Yeah, it's uh, really interesting how you talk about how much prep work goes into being a coach that people don't see, don't recognize, or, or understand. Want to give a brief moment to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. Whether rare, dead stock, or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay, is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity, and it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers over $100, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Um, after USD, you went to a, a, a prep powerhouse in the Midwest, Sunrise Christian, before you got to UNC Greensboro. Um, so you've had experience at, at a number of different levels, a Gonzaga, uh, a USD that was beginning to be on the rise when you got there, a prep powerhouse, and then another mid-major who's starting to make their rise. If you look at any one experience um, as, or, or any one opportunity that you felt like this was my break and I had to take advantage of it, what would it have been? Uh, you know, it's crazy. And I, you know, I think everything happens for a reason. Uh, I think my time at Sunrise Christian Academy was maybe the most important. Um, 
time I've spent as a coach. Um, a, I, I got head coaching experience, which is, it's, I know it's not the, the college level, but I was coaching college aged kids. They were 19, a couple of them were 20 years old at the prep level. So you're, you're dealing with college aged kids and you're playing junior colleges. So it, it is somewhat of a college level job. And the fact that at sunrise, I had to do everything. I was, I was involved with scheduling, uh, player development, their recruitment. So I, I think my time at Sunrise might have been the most important time I've ever spent as a coach. Um, you learn real quick at whatever level. You learn real quick when you are the head guy how much how much you don't know. Um, it's it's kind of crazy that you have to know every situation and, and you have to be able to draw something up on the board, whether it be a play, whether it be a player asking a question. You have to be the guy with all the answers. Um, and it's not easy. And I, I know my first year at Sunrise, I, I looked back and I thought I did a terrible job. And I thought I grew a lot going into my second year as a head coach. So, um, and then at the time, Sunrise was such a, such a big part of my coaching career. Um, but I, ha I felt like I wanted to get back into college. So, and obviously, Coach Miller out here at UNCG is, uh, I think he's one of the best coaches in the country. He's still young. Um, they had success the year before I got here. And just sitting down with him, I think he's he's obviously somebody that you want to be around and work with and learn from. Uh, so I got, got the opportunity. Um, it was a unique one. I had to do one year of ops work, which was really hard for me. Um, you know, going from being a head coach to now really not doing any coaching um, in the ops position was, was really hard, but I, but I felt like it was the right move. I felt like it was the right situation. Um, obviously I, I want to be around a winning culture and they proved that they could do that. And we've continued to do that. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy with the move. And then obviously the, the, the talk was, I was transitioning into an assistant spot the second year and obviously, um, continue to be in the assistant spot moving forward. So it, it was, it was difficult in that first year, but had to make a sacrifice and, and it worked out for the best. You mentioned Coach Wes Miller. Um, I would agree he's one of the up and coming uh, young coaches in college basketball. You've also been uh, around uh, a future Hall of Famer in, in Mark Few. Um, now, don't know if either one of those you would consider as your mentor. Maybe you, you uh, had another one along the way, but is there one coach that you've always looked to for help when you had, had questions or he kind of maybe as a head, head coach at Sunrise Christian, you were struggling and, and needed, you know, a little bit of balance, a little bit of direction because they've been through some things. Well, when you're in the college, in, in coaching, you, you talk to people all the time. So, um, you know, initially, initially it was the Gonzaga family. You know, you talk about Coach Few and you talk about Tommy Lloyd, like being able to lean on them if you needed something that was obviously – something I could do. Um, and obviously Bill Greer, who is the head coach of San Diego, and he, he's the one that actually uh, helped me get to Gonzaga in the first place. So you talk to all these people when you're, when you're struggling, uh, there's always somebody out there that you can talk to. Um, if, if you're in this profession long enough, you've been through a lot and you, you've gone through the ups and downs. So there's always somebody to talk to. Um, I, I would say just, there's such a huge difference from what we do at UNCG than what 
what, what I noticed at Gonzaga. Um, it's just much different, much different type of player uh, for the most part. Um, but also two programs that have been extremely successful in doing things different ways. Um, so, I mean, right, I, I've learned from both. I, I don't know if you could say I have one mentor, but I think you learn a ton from Gonzaga and you'd like to replicate what they've done because they've obviously been in a top five program uh, year in, year out. And you want to replicate that. But I, I think a lot of people don't understand that that is impossible to do. What they've done is impossible. Um, and and I'm, I'm okay with saying that. And so we're going to do it a different way. And what we've done and what Coach Miller does works. Um, and we work really, really hard at it. We have unbelievable relationships with our players. Um, we are all about growth, player development. A lot of the stuff that um, the Zags are about, too, with player development, uh, we're huge into that. Our relationships with the guys are extremely important. Um, and just it, and you, you know this, Dan, it's ultimately you can work as hard as you want. But if you don't recruit the right type of players and right type of kids, you're not going to have success. Um, so we're, we're fortunate that we have a good group of kids. Uh, I think our staff and coach has done a good job recruiting the right type of players and the right type of kids to allow us to coach them the way we want to coach them and be successful. And you talk about the Zags are, are very similar in that way. They, they, they get the right type of kids. They get the right type of players that allow them to continue their success. And ultimately, it comes down to that. Last question for you. There's a lot of high school coaches here in the state of Washington to, that listen to our uh, podcast, um, and they're always looking for, for nuggets to help them with their team. Um, you spend a year as a head coach at the high school level. You talk with high school coaches all the time with recruiting. Um, what can separate a good high school coach and program and allow them to become a great high school coach or program? Practice. I think that's – like you have to practice, you have to push them in practice. You have to make practice harder than the games. Um, I, I know that's probably an answer they don't want to hear uh, because it's so simple, but that's the deal. Like if, if you, if you want to have a better program then you need to practice and you need to practice the way you want them to play during games. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, we go around and shoot, we're recruiting in high school gyms all year round. And you go to a lot of practices in the fall and you see practices that are run really well. And those teams have a lot of success and you see some programs that uh, the practices aren't run real well. So I think if you want to separate yourself, you have a great plan for practice and how to practice and how to prepare your guys um, for difficult games, for difficult situations. Um, I, I would, Again, I know it's a simple answer, but I definitely think that's the biggest thing. Be the most prepared team in practice. Well, those are wise words. Uh, I know from being teammates, uh, hard to believe it was 20 years ago, Kyle, but preparation uh, can def definitely separate teams, can separate individuals, and it, and it can separate coaches and coaching staff. So uh, appreciate you joining our Scoreboard Live Washington Today podcast, and uh, best of luck for you and uh, the UNCG basketball team as uh, we kind of get through these uncertain times. And, and who knows, maybe there will be another rematch uh, between 
your program and Gonzaga in the near future? Because I know you guys met the NCAA tournament a few years back. Yep. Yeah, I've had a tough one for us, but <laughs> that's the way it goes. The way it goes. Zags are tough to stop there in the NCAA tournament. So, but uh, awesome. well, appreciate you joining, Kyle, and uh, stay safe. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's great to see you. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.